0: and welcome to day 41 of the EC Daily Devotional Podcast. I am Pastor Jonathan, and I'm glad to be leading you today in the last two chapters of Leviticus. Man, this has been a pretty incredible time. I'm so thankful for our time walking through God's Word and the daily devotionals that have been brought by faithful men from our church. I hope it has been a blessing to you like it has been to my family and me. I want to get into our time today Uh, as this incredible book closes. We have in chapter 26, God giving to the people of Israel blessings for their obedience and then punishment for their disobedience, as your text heading might say. And so I want to look real quickly at the blessings for obedience. A lot of it is a physical blessing. Okay, so when God says, if you walk in my statutes and observe my commandments and do them, then I will give you, there's rains in season, the land shall yield its increase, the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, your threshing shall last to the time of the grape harvest, and the grape harvest shall last to the time of sowing. There, it, the list goes on and on. The, the physical blessings that come with obedience to the Lord are real. God commands obedience, and obedience to God leads to life. Now, obviously, there are times and situations where death occurs, where sickness occurs, and it can be to the most faithful people that we know. But for the most part, for society and culture A culture who obeys the commands of God is undoubtedly a blessed culture by God. And we have seen that throughout history, where the gospel goes forward, where God is worshipped, that nation thrives, and we desire to see that happen. This is why we preach the gospel as good news, and this good news Affects not just what happens to us in eternity, but it affects our lives now. We don't say that as our hope being just what happens in this life. We are not prosperity preachers. We don't believe in the prosperity gospel, but we believe in the gospel that does good things for people, both physically and spiritually. This is how Jesus cared for people nonetheless. But what I think is really important, what we cannot miss is how this section of Scripture closes in the blessings for obedience. Look here at verses 11 through 13. The word of the Lord says, God speaking here, I will make my dwelling among you and my soul shall not abhor you And I will walk among you, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and you shall not be their slaves. And I have broken the bars of your yoke and made you walk erect. And this is really good stuff because it points us to the reality of the spiritual blessing that comes with obedience to God. When our hearts are transformed to desiring God rather than desiring selfish pleasure, then he becomes all that we want. And this looks forward to the very end of all things. When eternity is ushered in, in Revelation 21, we see this same type of language for the people of God. This is what Revelation 21 says. John, the the He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And listen, friends, the blessings of obedience, yes, there are physical blessings of obeying God. That's a true statement that we can take to the bank. But the greatest blessing of obedience to God is that He will be our God and we will be His people. And there is coming a day that those of us who by the grace of God obey the commands of God will be with him forever. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Death will be no more. There won't be mourning, crying, or pain because the former things have passed away. This is the hope we look forward to and trust with all of our being. Now the latter part of Leviticus 26 helps us see the punishment for disobedience. And this is a tough one to read, in all honesty, because, man, the punishment is severe. But once again, this helps us see the seriousness of sin. It helps us see how serious God is about his holy name. And so he says, if, if you do not obey my commandments, if you walk contrary to me, meaning we are in rebellion against him. So the, the people of Israel, if they walk in rebellion against him, God uses the words that he will discipline them. He will uh, strike them sevenfold for their sins. This is a constant phrase repeated throughout this section of scripture. And he, it's it's as if, and we see this, I think in our own lives, we see this in the history of Israel. God is disciplining Yes, because sin is serious, because he is holy, but he's disciplining as a father to bring his children back to himself. And over and over, he's saying, if you continue, I'm going to continue disciplining you. Your land is not going to yield fruit. He's going to let wild beasts loose against them. Their enemies will come for them. And ultimately, They will be driven from the land that God is going to give them. Now we see that this becomes true in the life of Israel because of their idolatry, because they rebel against God, because they don't take serious obedience to God. God does use the Assyrians and the Babylonians to take the people of Israel out of their land. And this is a horrifying reality for the people of Israel. But there is the glimmer of hope. And and we see this hope, even in the the midst of God saying the punishment for their disobedience, he still instills hope. And the hope is this. He says, Yet for all that, in verse 44... When they are in the land of their enemies, I will not spurn them, neither will I abhor, him, abhor them so as to destroy them utterly and break my covenant with them, for I am the Lord their God. But I will for their sake remember the covenant with their forefathers, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the nations, that I might be their God. I am the Lord. Now, this phrase is this These sentences, the, these promises are contingent upon what is said in verse 40. So after all these punishments are pronounced for disobedience, verse 40 says, But if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers in their treachery that they committed against me, and also in walking contrary to me, so that I walk contrary to them and brought them into the land of their enemies, if then... Their uncircumcised heart is humbled and they make amends for their iniquity. Then I will remember my covenant with Jacob. What a hope that we have that God is gracious and kind. He's faithful to his covenant and he receives those who turn to him. And this is the promise even in the midst of, the punishment for disobedience. There is hope still for those who believe and trust that God does keep his covenant. Now, Leviticus 27 is interesting. It's as if, uh, well, we even see in the very last part of chapter 26, it says, these are the statutes and rules and laws That the Lord made between himself and the people of Israel through Moses on Mount Sinai. And so you have the statement of law. We've seen all the laws concerning uh, ceremony and worship, um, diet, uh, moral laws, all those things being listed in Leviticus. It's as if it's saying that's all been said. And then chapter 27 is about people who then hear this law and they say, okay, I want to make a vow uh, I want to dedicate my life or even children's lives or the lives of their livestock, their land, their homes, whatever it might be. I want to make this vow to the Lord. I want to dedicate this to the Lord. But then they they back out on it. And that's a sad thing to think about. But you have this list of what that looks like in Leviticus chapter 27, and basically what the Lord is saying in this chapter is whether you're dedicating your own life, the life of your child, the life of livestock that you have, whether it's clean or unclean, whether you're dedicating your house or land, you must count the cost of that dedication. Uh, This is like the dedication that Hannah had with her son Samuel. She dedicated him to the Lord and we see his faithfulness throughout his entire life. She certainly did count the cost of dedicating her life and her son's life to to God and, and his commands. Now, A couple of points I I want to make about this. There's uh, one part in particular that's interesting. In verse 28 and 29, we see that no devoted thing that a man devotes to the Lord or anything that uh, of anything that he has, whether man or beast, or of his inherited field shall be sold or redeemed. Every devoted thing is most holy to the Lord. Verse 29 is important. No one devoted who is to be devoted for destruction from mankind shall be ransomed he shall surely be put to death this certainly brings to mind our time in 1st and 2nd Samuel when when king Saul was told to devote the Amalekites to destruction and he he doesn't he doesn't completely destroy them and god holds him accountable for that and when the lord gives these clear commands we must obey him but the last thought that i really want to leave us with today is when we hear the commands of God, and we we should delight that God has called us to Himself, uh, most specifically by faith in His Son Jesus Christ, who has upheld this law completely, perfectly. We should respond and say, "Here I am, Lord. Take my life. Do with it as you please. I am Yours." But friends, we should not do that without counting the cost of following Christ. And we don't want to be like these people who say, okay, I promise I would give it, but now I'm kind of rethinking this whole thing. There shouldn't have to be laws for going back on dedicating our lives to the Lord. And so I'm reminded of Jesus' words in Luke chapter 14. He, he says, if anyone comes to me, and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, just even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to, com- to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether whether he is able to stand uh, whether he is able with ten thousand to meet him who comes against him with twenty thousand, and if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace, therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple, friends, we must count the costs follow Jesus and i promise when we do count the cost he is worth it and there is nothing worth going back for in regards to following Jesus i pray today that you trust the lord with all your heart soul and mind and strength you love him and you uh, obey him knowing that it is worth it uh, love you friends hope you have a great day and uh, we will See you, Lord willing, tomorrow at church.